The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Every business needs capital, which means higher profits and lower expenses. Are you aware of the various opportunities available for your business in securing capital? Welcome to Small Business Capital America with Michael Schumacher. Michael and his guests, which include experts, suppliers, and thought leaders, will be discussing these options and solutions to help raise your bottom line. Now, here's your host, Michael Schumacher. Hello and welcome back to this week's edition of Small Business Capital America on the Voice America Network. As the intro said, I'm your host, Michael Schumacher. On our show, we discuss and we analyze capital issues for the businesses of Main Street, exploring that eternal question, capital, rent it or print it. We're going to break our normal routine for this week's show and uh, introduce a guest early on in the show, and he's going to be with us for the first two segments. The reason for that is is, uh, this guest is not only a friend, but he represents one of the top asset-based lenders out there today. And when I say top, I mean they are a great value proposition for those clients that are a fit for them. Um, Mark's going to tell you a little bit about them, but this is really a very strong asset-based lender that I feel really good about placing clients at. So with that, Mark Kenny, please tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Uh, again, this is Mark Kenny. That's Mark with a C. I am from the Boston area. Um, we couldn't tell. Up. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'm sure as I go along, you will pick that up even more. Um, my background started, I was probably one of the youngest people in the factoring business um, at the time. I, I started right, right away, uh, right out of school, about 23, 24, and uh, I, was, I was introduced or met um, a fellow named Frank Coviello, who, who had a company called Boston Financial, and he agreed to be my mentor, and I stayed with him for... Uh, you know, three and a half, four years, and um, really taught me, you know, the ins and the outs and the nuances and, you know, everything that has to, that has, that goes along with the the business capital industry. We were a boutique lender that did factoring, purchase order funding, venture capital, business loans, uh, as as well as um, and, and sometimes inventory. So it was a great place to start because I got um, knowledge on all those aspects. I uh, moved on and went to um, other company, and I really kept my focus from there on the ABL side that involves funding on accounts receivable and purchase order funding and inventory. That's, uh, that's really my niche, um, that's my, 
you know, you're a master of one. I've, I, I, that's one thing that I can do and, and know very well. I can identify the type of businesses that are going to benefit from that product and also know the, the ones that might not and, and have a, have a way to help them out. And Mike's been a great resource for me in that aspect because if there is, you know, there's, you never want to say no to a client. So if it's not a good fit, I will send it to an affiliate like Michael at BizDoc, and he can almost, uh, he's a pretty, pretty amazing guy, not only the host of this show, but he has a vast uh, network of, of professionals and investors and people that you will not find outside of um, Michael himself. So, and he's able to usually connect and help out anyone I send him. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. yeah, you're welcome. So, um, my main passion is in the um, is working with a small and mid-sized business. I did try to, at some point in my career, maybe in the middle there, I was uh, I went into the Wells Fargo Trade Capital Group, and um, that was all very large household names. Um, most people don't know. I mean, some of the largest companies that you know in the country uh, factor to liquidate capital. So, um, and that, and that's who we dealt with. Well, well, Fargo and, and CIT, we would be dealing with those types of companies. Uh, it wasn't as interesting to me. It was more of a cherry picking operation and less involved in, in, in the details. And it was a little bit unpersonal. So from there, I got back to my roots, um, and what I really like doing, which is, helping small and medium-sized businesses grow their companies and find solutions. Well, that's certainly the target of our show and our target audience is those SMBs or small and mid-sized businesses. And for our purposes on the show, Mark, we always refer to small and mid-sized businesses as those with revenues from 10000 to ten to a hundred million, excuse me, per year, ten thousand a month to ten million a month, excuse me. Is that pretty consistent with where you're targeting in that ten thousand yeah. month in revenue to ten million? Okay, yeah. good. That's exactly right. A lot of a lot of people have different definitions on that. I was I was glad you elaborated. Good. And so um, that's an SMB. Some people call it that. Uh, small mid sized businesses. But it's really the businesses at the heart of Main Street USA that, that we're dealing with and that Mark targets. And that's why uh, the products that he represents are, are such a nice fit for our audience. Earlier when you were talking about your background there, Mark, you mentioned the term ABL. And I just want to make sure for the audience that they know that that's asset-based lending. So, uh, you know, in, in the lending environment, we really have three ways to lend. One is by assets. So we lend against assets. One is by cash flow, so we're really just making the decision on cash flow. And the third is by credit alone. But we, we get really powerful is when we can start combining asset-based lending with cash flow, with credit. And I, I think that's somewhere where we move from science to art. And, and as Mark will explain, I mean, uh, and his background is, is certainly there to support it. Uh, part of what we do is science, but part of what we do is art. So that's... Uh, it's important that we connect with our audience. Mark, I know you uh, you have a company that you work with that uh, I really like, so you can probably tell their story better than me, but I think uh, this is just a great group, and uh, why don't you introduce them to, uh, to the company you represent? 
Yeah, that company is called Subbanco, um, which is a, a, a DBA of Southern Bank. Um, Subbanco Southern Bank. It's an 80-year-old bank. Uh, actually, it was a regional, it's a re- smaller regional bank out of Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama, and um, they wanted to get into, you know, being able to spread their finances and investments through throughout the country. And a good way to do that, as well as Canada, and a good way to do that is through asset-based lending due to the constraints um, that, you know, that any FDIC-insured bank has on traditional lending. Uh, they wouldn't be able to do that. So what we've been able to do is come in with the product. When, Like Michael said, it is asset-based lending. Our typical assets, are, our favorite assets, are always going to be accounts receivable. Uh, second to that would be purchase orders and then inventory. So those are the three that we're that we really focus on. Although when we do have a client, we we try to get very creative, and you know if we need to do something with equipment or um, something else, uh, and it's a good deal, we'll try to find a way to work that in. The great thing about Michael is that this is where the art form comes in because he has resources that able us to do what we do best and they'll come in behind us and, and, and take care of the rest. I think someone used the term mop up the rest uh, earlier this week. I thought that was funny. But, yeah, um, I, there's something to be said for that. <laughs> and, and it's important that we, uh, and, and Mark brings up a really good issue here because although their product is very robust, it's not going to be everything to all people although it can be the primary lender, sometimes we have to come in with some secondary solutions. So that makes really good sense. Mark, I, I do have one quick question. It's a little bit off topic here, but um, did you have to get a Crimson Tide jersey or anything to support Go Tide Go out of Alabama there? <laughs> no, but what I did is I, I, I dug out an old red T-shirt I had that said <laughs> Alabama on it, and I took a picture of that and and we made we they gave me the offer, you know. At the time, we we connected. So there you go. Uh, yeah, it was, that was good enough. Um, yeah, it, it's been it's great. I think what the the greatest part about this is that a lot of you know here's the the solution with Sabanco or Southern Bank. The the biggest one is that some clients, some customers find it hard to to you know, with notifications and things of that nature with their customers, you know, notifying them about using a factor, which is very well accepted, but you can, you still can understand the case that they, that they're apprehensive about. Whereas now that we've come into the market, well, you know, as one of the few banks, very few that are offering a factoring and and receivable funding and asset-based product to the smaller market, usually banks, they're looking for the um, hundred, you know, the facility size to be 15, 10, 15 million or higher. You know, we're going, you know, we're going 10 million, the facility size that is, you know, given lines of credit or credit facilities from 10 million and under. And we're okay. going all the way down to 20,000 if we, if we think it'll help a customer out. And that, that, that's very beneficial that, 
um, when, you know, if, if the customer gets notified or if they see that the client has, has a lender in there or a factoring situation, it, it's actually what they see as a bank, a traditional FDIC-insured bank, which is offering probably the lowest cost. I mean, we're, we're probably, you know, because our cost of funds is very low, being an 80-year-old bank, um, we can obviously pass that on to our clients and, and they can come in and get, and get really good, good deals to help them grow their business. You know, I, I take away a couple of quick things here. I just want to reemphasize for, for the audience. I think the first thing is that you're bank owned and, and so you have that backing or bank backed, but you don't necessarily have the same regulations that your banking parent does. So, that that's powerful when you combine it with the willingness on your part to look at deals in a facility size from twenty thousand to ten million. There just aren't a lot of people servicing that market, and as we all know, that's the market with the most need. Right, and I think I told you earlier this week, Mike. You know, I don't like losing deals. You know, we we, we were talking about one. It was fifty thousand a month and and receivables and. They just wanted a small line, and, um, you know, I'm working with them, and I'm working with, you know, a, a $4 million a month company. So, you know, I treat them both equally. You know, I don't even uh, – it's not about, you know, how much volume a company is doing. Um, it's more about I just love getting deals done. And uh, sometimes the smaller ones are the ones I'm most proud of because I bring them in, they're at – you know, a hundred, hundred fifty thousand dollars annually, and some of them, you know, within a few years, get up to seven, ten million dollars annually, and, and and a lot of that was due to having the backing uh, that that I that we provided. So that can be, you know, that that's where you when you go to sleep at night, you know that you're 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 really doing something that's beneficial to the economy. Yeah, that that is so powerful. Again, that combination of uh, capacity, um, bank owned, and that uh, powerful combination of that with going ahead and targeting the the audience or the customers that really need it. So that's a great marriage of supply and demand that uh, is, is very powerful. We're going to take a break here in a minute, but Mark's going to join us on the other side of the break, and we'll continue talking about some of their products and uh, how they work and some of the criteria. We'll get into talking about, you know, clients that are a good fit, um, what the ideal client might look like, and we have uh, uh, a lot of information to pack into a short period of time. So with that, I'm going to send you all to break, but we'll be back on the other side. See you soon. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. BizDoc Capital Group was founded in 2007 and is committed to the success of small and mid-cap enterprises. 
BizDoc provides innovative, fast, affordable business financing solutions and saving solutions to small and mid-cap businesses. We tailor solutions to meet your business needs. Our solutions include term loans, lines of credit, equipment financing, commercial real estate financing, tax savings programs, and business expense savings programs. For more information, visit bizdoccapital.com. Again, bizdoccapital.com. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Small Business Capital America with host Michael Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to mschumacher at biz.capital.com. That's mschumacher at bizdoccapital.com. Now, back to Small Business Capital America. Welcome back to this segment of Small Business Capital America, our second segment of this week's edition. Uh, I do appreciate you joining us today on our show. As you know, we discuss and analyze capital issues for the businesses of Main Street, exploring that question, capital, rent it or print it. Uh, please reach out to us toll free, 844-249-3621 or 844-BIZDOC1 at any time to, uh, to discuss your particular situation and how we might be able to help you. With that, we're going to jump back into our conversation with Mark Kennedy of Mark Kenny of Sabanko, and I want to talk a little bit more about the products that they offer. So, Mark, it's as an asset-based facility, you consider multiple products, but you really lead with accounts receivable funding as your main asset. Can you kind of walk the audience through factoring what that means? And, and accounts receivable line of credit, what that means, and the similarities and differences for us? Sure. To be honest with you, there's not a lot of difference these days. Um, there, you know, a straight factoring product is generally, um, it's priced a little bit differently. Um, the wording on the contracts can be different. It's generally a purchase and sale relationship. So when a a company, a small business, larger business, has invoices, they submit invoices, let's say we'll use one invoice just to keep it simple. They submit a 10,000 invoice um, once they're set up with a factor. Uh, The factor would then advance generally 80 to 90% on that invoice, um, uh, usually the same day if they're a good factor. And uh, within 24 hours, the client then has that money to use as working capital. Uh, when, his cl- when his customer, that's what we call the account debtor, so let's say he sells widgets to Walmart, Walmart would be the account debtor. 
Walmart then pays in 45, 60 days. That's when we, they would pay us directly. We can get into that in a minute. They, they would send a $10,000 check to us. Uh, it's a lockbox uh, type facility. And then we, in turn, forward the rest of the, the factor in return would then forward the rest of the, 10, um, the 2000 remaining. Um, if it was an 80% advance into the client's, their client's account, minus a fee. Fee can be, generally with factoring, can be anywhere from 2 to 3, 3.5% on the invoice. AR fund, funding, on the other hand, is, more, is a product that is usually less costly uh, it, it's generally based on the collateral uh, as well, the same collateral, um, and it kind of operates like a um, revolver, um, but it's very much based on the same thing. I mean, we're, we're still basing it on, on the company's sales uh, or the receivables that they generate, and they have the ability to draw on or as much or as little as they have. So if a company has a million dollars in AR, uh, they can draw on 300000 of that. Or if we, they have a, an advance amount of 90%, they can draw on 900000 of that. Um, and it just depends on the less they draw on, the, the, you know, the, the less capital they're going to have, but the less, the less interest, you right. know, they're paying interest on a lower amount. So that's going to cost them less. Uh, we have a really flexible program where we allow our clients to pick and choose when to, especially like, I, I think the best product is the, the hybrid, the hybrid AR factoring facility where we really price it like a, you know, it's a LIBOR plus type rate, um, a small servicing fee in there and they can pick and choose um, which invoices they want to finance with us. Uh, if they have some that pay quicker and, and don't want to pay the fees on it, then they don't have to, to, to fund on that one and it won't be, they won't have any cost to it. And they can also pick and choose when they, they receive the funding. So if they have, most people know that the longer a receivable goes out, and this is generally in factoring and AR lent, uh, in and with an AR facility, depending on how it's structured. But the longer it goes out, the more money you're generally going to pay. So most factors and AR lenders, what they do is they give you a 30-day rate, and then after 30 days, it goes up, you know, certain amount of basis points every day or every, you know, they do buckets of 10 days thereafter or 15 days thereafter. Um, we have a structure where we can do, you know, because it's more of an A, because we structure it like an AR facility, um, an AR line of credit, we can do all, a lot of different options. They can have a 10 day, um, servicing fee for clients that pay in 10 days. That way they're not paying 30 days on a, on a 10 day paying client. Um, or we can, you know, do 45 day turnarounds so that it's not, you know, there's a fee mm -hmm. for down 30 days and then it jumps up to, you know, another percent on day 31 and then another percent on day 41. 
So the way we we structure it is very affordable to the client. And again, not everyone is able to do that. Um, and it doesn't have anything to do with them, the comp- with the factor not being a good quality client, but they don't have the cost of funds that we have. Uh, right. Generally, generally, most factors either have a line of credit from another bank, like Southern Bank, and then they have a cost of funds on that to hire employees, the back office, everything else that goes along with it, and there is a lot of expenses. And then they have to, when they put the money back out, they have to make sure that they generate a return that's going to be able to keep them in, mm-hmm. in business and make them profit. So it's the same structure, but we have a, a lower cost of funds, so we're just able to do a little bit better on that end. Um, and we happen to have a great team of, of customer service, so uh, you kind of get you kind of get everything with us. We're doing the small companies, we're doing you know some of the larger companies as well, um, and we have a variety of different products that we can we can make available to to the small business. And so, yeah. I come with uh, affiliates like Michael and others. That if it does if it doesn't fit for for me, we make sure we find a home for it. Great. You mentioned that uh, there's a lot of flexibility within your program, so I just want to make sure that I understand it. So when I explain it correctly to others, in that, so somebody gets a facility for accounts receivable of let's say a hundred thousand, they lodge in your system all of their invoices, but then they have the flexibility to pick and choose how much of an advance they want, what type of advance they want. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Uh, and some, some customers, that's the easiest way. Or some have some customers that they don't do, they won't, they, we, they, we won't even put in our system because it's never going to be part of the credit line. They don't want it part of the credit line. Maybe it's, you know, it's a company in Iceland or that we don't know about, and, but they've done business with. And, um, or it could be a client that, you know, does just pays in 10 days for whatever reason, they don't want to add that into their facility. Okay. Uh, there are companies, so that might be confusing because if anyone's made a call, there are companies that will require you to do all of your accounts receivable. You know, you have to give them the whole entire, the whole entire boat, but we don't do that. Okay. That's great. That flexibility is pretty, uh, Pretty powerful stuff. You mentioned before the break, and I kind of want to go back to this to make sure that the audience understands that you do um, a softer notification, I guess you might call it, than particularly a hard notification. And, and maybe you can walk through what exactly a notification is, who's being notified by whom, and what's the form of that notification. Yeah, and that nowadays is is pretty much a part of of whether it's an asset-based line of credit on receivables and inventory or um, a line on AR, generally the way it works now is that um, because there's going to be a change of address, you know, the client can keep the, the, their, the account debtor, as I mentioned, can still write the check to the client, but they have to send it to, it, it gets sent to the bank rather than to the client's location. And the soft notification is, we basically send just a notice to the accounts payable department, generally not the people that 
and I'm not saying everyone does it this way. We just, we, what we do is we'll send a, a notice just so that we legally did our part, our part uh, to the, to the bail department. They make the necessary changes in their system. And uh, that way when the money gets paid, the client doesn't have to worry about getting behind or going into default or not paying or, you know, things getting too busy and it, it can really become an accounting nightmare. So it just pays itself automatically without any headache. Great, great. So the, the notification basically today in your situation is uh, Mr. Payables Department, uh, continue to pay your check to John's Widget Company, but mail it to this address. Yep. Although that's not the case at all. I'm, put, I'm trying to put out a fire with, um, I just sent the, the final documents to a company I've been working on for a long time. And uh, they, you know, it was, it was a deal where another, I guess another funding company went in there and wanted to, you know, they wanted the, the, the company, and this was a large company uh, that they worked for, they wanted their attorneys and, you know, high-level CFOs to sign off on, on this legal document, um, which was crazy. The company didn't have any problem with it, but once they saw that, uh, then all of a sudden they were like, well, should I have a problem with it? You know? Yeah. And it, yeah, like there wasn't something they, cause he, he had even talked to them about it beforehand and they were like, great. Yeah. You know, get the financial backing. And, and then there was, there was this document that, that their attorney had to sign. Um, and it was a real fire, you know, and we had took a long time for, for us to, you know, make, get the client to understand as well as, as the um, debtor at that point, because it was already, it was already in the, it was already in the out, it was already out there that, you don't know, they're not responsible for any mistakes that the client makes. They're not, they don't pay us regardless of, you know, it's a simple notification. So, um, yeah, so, and that's the other thing that this, you know, when it comes to small business finance, it's very relationship oriented. So even though when I say we have some of the lowest rates in the industry, that doesn't that should never be the only reason why you go with the company that you go with. Um, you you want to go with a company that you have a relationship with that feels right. You've talked to the people internally. You know they understand your business, and you know don't make a decision ever solely on what they give you as a pricing structure. Hey Mark, I've got several more questions for you here. Would you can we squeeze another twelve minutes out of you for another segment, perhaps, or do you need to run? Well, unfortunately, Mike, I need to run only because Great. I had an eight o'clock. Yeah, well, we're we're definitely going to want you to come back uh, and, and join us again and and talk a little bit about more about your programs because again. They are a tremendous value proposition. I do thank you, and I thank Sabanko for having you here with us. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. As far as our listeners, we'll see you back on the other side of break. Talk soon. Thank you. Thanks. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. 
BizDoc Capital Group was founded in 2007 and is committed to the success of small and mid-cap enterprises. BizDoc provides innovative, fast, affordable business financing solutions and saving solutions to small and mid-cap businesses. We tailor solutions to meet your business needs. Our solutions include term loans, lines of credit, equipment financing, commercial real estate financing, tax savings programs, and business expense savings programs. For more information, visit bizdoccapital.com. Again, bizdoccapital.com. If you are a small business owner or a creative freelancer in pretty much any field, you can't miss Let's Get Radical. Your hosts, Jody Paydar and Liz Gold, will help you redevelop your plans, policies, and practices to take a radical turn in order to achieve new success. They spotlight the latest in technology, attitudes, what others are doing, and what can help you. Tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And let's get radical. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Small Business Capital America with host Michael Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to mschumacher at biz.capital.com. That's mschumacher at bizdoccapital.com. Now, back to Small Business Capital America. Welcome back to our third segment of Small Business Capital America here on the Voice America Network. Just wanted to remind everyone, if you're interested in a more personalized conversation around capital and how it might apply to your particular business, please reach out to us toll-free at 844-249-3621 or 844-BIZDOC-1. We look forward to taking all this information and kind of customizing it to something that works for your business. When uh, we left off last, we were talking about uh, asset-based lending, and particularly a product that Sabanco offers. I wanted to kind of wrap up a few thoughts on asset-based lending, then we'll jump into the rest of the show. That no not- or that soft notification is really important because. Uh, there, there are times when people worry that if I'm factoring my invoice, my customer will find out and they'll get worried. Well, number one, I don't know that that's a legitimate concern in today's environment when you have companies of all sizes, 100 million, 150 million, 200 million and up companies, large companies, even those on the Fortune 50, who are using their accounts receivable and doing some form of financing against the receivables. So it's a legitimate and and really important way to get capital for businesses, so don't shy away from it. The fact that uh, companies like Sabanco uh, use a soft notification, when they're not asking anybody to sign off on anything, they're simply notifying the customer that you make your payment to this address now going forward is is powerful and, and I want you to use that to your benefit and, and also remember that those big companies use it too. Mark mentioned that uh, the product comes in and, and uh, 
the form of the product is such that you can get paid quickly. Uh, you know, they have a program where you can actually get the funds ACH'd or wired in uh, so you can get them same day or next day. So that's that's powerful. As soon as you invoice and that invoice is, is lodged and validated, then you can get financing against it immediately. Something Mark said that struck me, and I I don't normally go into this, but I, I, I thought it was interesting, is uh, that Sabanko will also look at deals in Canada. So um, just uh, keep that in mind as you're looking through and might have some business up there. Uh, Sabanko is, uh, is bank-backed, but not bank-regulated under the same regulations that the bank are. So that's, that's really interesting stuff. Uh, asset-based lending, as Mark talked about, is starts with accounts receivable, which is the most liquid of the assets, and uses that as the first security position. So any customer who or any business who has accounts receivable could potentially qualify for accounts receivable financing, as long as that accounts receivable is to another business. So it doesn't work if you sell to consumers and uh, you know give them terms. Uh, factoring or accounts receivable baselines of credit are not a fit there. But anytime you sell in your business to other businesses, this is really the starting point that you want to look at for capital because this is an asset, a liquid asset that you can turn into a quicker liquid capital to operate your business and do it at a very expensive rate, as Mark had indicated there. So this is the starting point in asset-based lending. Also, they'll look at as they build a relationship with you funding against purchase orders. Sometimes we have great business and we're, we're, we're creating invoices for our customers. We're getting financing on those invoices, but we've already completed that work. And uh, there are times when you'll get a purchase order for new business coming on and it's going to take you a while to complete fulfillment there, but you still need some capital before you create that into an invoice to get your factoring. So as they build a relationship, they'll start considering those purchase orders at a different advance rate, but they'll also consider those for funding. And they'll also consider inventory. Uh, Many of us sit a lot of our working capital in inventory. And so again, as you build a relationship, start with the most liquid, that's accounts receivable. Then the second most is uh, purchase orders. And then inventory could be considered as an asset for advancing against two. Again, different advance rates. But understand that these can work together to form what's called an asset baseline facility to fund your business. Having said all that and, and just reassuring you that, um, you know, these are used by large and small companies. So factoring is, is powerful. It's used in, and well used within the industry. And uh, if you sell to other businesses and have receivables from other businesses, then you're definitely a candidate and we want to have a conversation with you. We talked, we kind of jumped into this show and we really started talking about asset-based lending. And I do want to touch about, on, about some other forms of lending and continue on the show with that. Before I do that, um, we all start at the beginning of our show with uh, that phrase that we uh, help the businesses of Main Street exploring that uh, capital solutions, and we want to discuss the question of capital, rented or printed. I didn't have time to be in any show, but I want to reinforce now that when I'm talking about the businesses of Main Street, I'm really referring to those small and mid-sized businesses in the U.S. with revenues from 10000 to $10 million per month. That's our audience on the show. That's our audience in our business practice, our capital practice. 
That's who we want to help. And we believe that that's the heart of American business. When I'm talking about or referring to rent with regard to capital, I'm really talking about borrowing or getting a loan. Uh, Perhaps debt capital is what you would uh, know it as. And when I refer to print with regard to capital, I'm talking about the capital you get from profits. You're printing it to yourself, in other words. It's not a bad thing. That's a great thing. And that can come from increasing your sales, reducing your costs, or a combination thereof. As an entrepreneur, I fully understand that capital issues are dynamic. And the likely capital solution for your business on any given day is a blend of rented and printed capital. And that mix is going to change as your business changes. You're going to have external and internal factors continue to impact what happens in your business. And you're going to need to change and adapt your business model and with that your capital plan to meet those changes. Like to uh, use this quote, I think it's uh, it's obvious and it's powerful, and that is that uh, Tyson said, everybody steps in the ring with a plan until they get hit in the face. And that's the same with us in business. We go out, we put ourselves out there as entrepreneurs, uh, we're running along in our business, growing it, and then we get hit in the face, and we need to change and adapt and uh, and make a different strategy work for our business in order to adapt to those changes. What this means is your capital plan is going to change as your business plan changes. Furthermore, your capital mix is going to change as your business changes. Now, when I'm talking about capital mix, we really refer to that blend of printed and rented capital. It's all about leverage. Imagine this, you have a business, you're profitable, and let's say you're, you're making a 7% profit and you're rolling along, but you said, you know, if I had some capital, I could continue to make that 7% profit or maybe even a little more profit, and I could do that even more if I just had some capital, I could have more volume with which to apply that profit to. That is adding leverage or adding rented capital to your printed capital. Leverage is a powerful thing. Probably the most powerful thing I've learned in 30 years of business is leverage. But with that power also comes danger. So think about it this way. If you were to apply that leverage to a profitable situation and make it more profitable and grow it, that is a wonderful thing. But what if you're in a losing money situation, you're not profitable yet, and you add more leverage? Well, if that leverage doesn't somehow change your profits, in other words, you borrowed some money and you went in and you grew your business or you found a way to reduce your expenses using that money, that's a good thing. But if you don't find a way to impact your losses and turn those into profit with that leverage, you have just multiplied your losses. So while leverage is the most powerful thing that you can learn about business, it is also one of the most dangerous things. So it's back to that capital mix. And the reason I bring this up is we really need to use sort of that holistic approach or that innovative approach to anything we do with regard to capital. Uh, We've got to look at, for example, what are big businesses doing to 
find capital or liquidity to continue to operate their business. And, and how can we emulate that? So one example of that would be that holistic approach or that innovation would be if large Fortune 500 companies are using accounts receivable or factoring to create the liquidity or the capital that they need to drive their business forward, how can we do that same thing? Well, it's these innovative products and connections like Sabanco that allow us to do that. So as entrepreneurs and as those who service entrepreneurs, we've got to take this holistic approach that picks different ideas from different markets, different industries, different size companies, and put them together in a way that fits the right capital mix for your business and your time. On our shows, you know, we talk about all things rented and printed capital, so we're going to touch on some more today. What I'm not going to do and what we don't do on the show is we don't talk about politics and we really don't talk about personal finance beyond the simple fact that for most of us as entrepreneurs, our business is all about that's it. That's our that's our capital. That's our assets. So our small business is our assets. So from that standpoint, we do talk about personal finance, but only through that lens. We've got a break coming up here in a, in a minute or so, but when we come back from that break, I want to talk about the loan process. The the We have a four-step process we suggest and we use with our clients to go through and get funding. So I want to spend time talking about that. And then when we finish that, I'm going to talk about the funding funnel, sort of how we go about funding a business. And then as time will permit, we'll touch on some other subjects in the rented and printed capital range. With that, I look forward to seeing you on the other side. Uh, We're going to take a break now, and we'll see you then. Thank you. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Biz.Capital Group was founded in 2007 and is committed to the success of small and mid-cap enterprises. BizDoc provides innovative, fast, affordable business financing solutions and saving solutions to small and mid-cap businesses. We tailor solutions to meet your business needs. Our solutions include term loans, lines of credit, equipment financing, commercial real estate financing, tax savings programs, and business expense savings programs. For more information, visit bizdoccapital.com. Again, bizdoccapital.com. Do you feel that when you work with marketing or PR firms, they're moving in slow motion? Or they just don't know what they're talking about? You won't get that on Marketing at Lightspeed. Host Ethan Raziel and his guest experts will deliver tips and tricks that work at Lightspeed. If you want to accelerate your company's marketing, listen every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Small Business Capital America with host Michael Schumacher. 
If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to mschumacher at biz.capital.com. That's mschumacher at bizdoccapital.com. Now, back to Small Business Capital America. Welcome back to our final segment of this week's edition of Small Business Capital America. I just want to remind you that if you wish to have a customized conversation about your business and what your capital needs are, we're happy to uh, do that for you. Please call us toll-free at 844-249-3621 or 844-BIZDOC1. As I said at the end of the last segment, I want to spend some time talking about our four-step process to the loan process. We have this, uh, if you join us at our website, uh, we have a nice whiteboard presentation on this and it helps you walk it through. I just like to do it repeatedly because it's a great reference and, you know, we need it. We need that reminding. So our four-step process starts with uh, the first half of the decision to borrow or not to borrow. That's step number one. Step number two is document and underwriting preparation. Step number three is finding the best lender for your situation given this highly fragmented lending environment with thousands of different lenders, all with different niches and specialties. How do you do that? And our final step four is that decision. That's the second half of the decision to borrow or not to borrow. So step one, in this in this very important, crucial step here, we've got to identify what are the financial benefits if you were to get your borrowing. In other words, we need to economically qualify that this, by getting this borrowing, I'm going to be able to raise my sales by this much, reduce my expenses by this much, or increase my profits by this much. So you've got to define that in financial terms. The second step we have is to be prepared with documentation and underwriting. Don't be offended by documentation and underwriting. In many cases today, the lender never meets the borrower live face-to-face, so we've got to gather information. It's not meant to be intrusive. It's not meant to be anything more than discovery and due diligence. So the type of items that we're going to look for in underwriting, and again, the more of these items you provide, the better off you are because you're going to get a likely a better offer. One of my lenders says, you know, complete and accurate documents, a true financial picture can make the difference between a 6% rate and a 130% rate. So this is important stuff. We're going to need your business and personal tax returns. We're going to need to talk about your interim financial statements, profit and loss, and balance sheet that's since those tax returns. We're going to need to see your bank statements. That's a great way to look at how the cash flow compares to the business results. We want to see your accounts receivable and your accounts payable aging to see the relationship there. We would like a copy of your credit report. That's helpful. If you run your credit report, it's much better as a starting point than if we run it as the starting point. We need a completed application. Help share the picture of your business with us. We need a debt schedule of any existing debt. We need an asset listing. We'd like a personal financial statement. We'd like the entity formation documents, any licenses and insurances that are required in your business. And then most importantly, we want to understand how you're going to use those funds. All this will work together to help us determine 
what's the right mix between asset-based lending, cash flow-based lending, and credit-based lending? How do we blend those together? It's these documents that help us do that. Step number three is finding the right lender for your given situation. Whether you call us at 844-249-3621, that's BizDoc, or you use some other facilitator to help you get your loan, I really recommend you use a professional that's got connection and access and knowledge across this funding landscape that is so fragmented. Use a professional. 99% of the time, we're paid by the lender. So use us. You're not going to get a better rate if you don't use us. Please use a professional that can help you work your way through that line landmine. The final step is, is the decision to borrow or not to borrow. And this is when you get your offer. So you're going to get an offer that says, here's what you can get in capital, and here's the cost of that capital. You're then going to compare that to, in step one, you, defend, you define the benefit of that capital. So now you know the benefit, you know the cost. If the benefit is greater than the cost and you used a professional to help you find the right solution, your decision is move forward. If the benefit is not as high as the cost and you've identified the best possible solution, then don't move forward. That's the loan decision process. Please use this document, use this information. Use us as professionals to help you solve your capital need. That is why we're here. Going to spend a few minutes now talking about what I call the funding funnel. So this is really starting at the top with what the best, lowest cost capital solution is and working our way down until we find the right mix of these that works for you. And this is about asset-based funding, cash flow-based funding, and credit-based funding. I always recommend, and I think it's prudent that you do so, that you start with asset-based lending. Let's look at what assets, hard assets and soft assets, you might have that could be used as collateral for a loan. Anytime a loan has collateral, it reduces risk. When you reduce risk, you reduce cost of capital. So we want to start out with asset-based solutions. Those can be accounts receivable funding, could be equipment funding, inventory, purchase orders. It could even be real estate funding. That's another great asset. Let's use your real estate. And within each of these funding types, there's probably a dozen or more subsets of those asset-based lending. So we're going to start there. The next place we're going to look is credit and or cash flow lending. If your credit's strong, we might jump right to credit-based lending and see what we can free up for you in the form of capital based on credit. And then finally, we're going to look at cash flow. This is purely your revenues, a little bit your expenses, but mostly your revenues, and how much revenue do you have flowing through your business and how much debt will that support? How are you going to service that debt? Ideally, if you have strong credit, you have collateral, and now you leverage in that cash flow, you have like the most powerful solution in front of you on how to fund your business. And when I say powerful, I mean capacity, how much you're going to be able to borrow. But more importantly than that, 
what is your cost of capital and what are your terms? Sometimes we focus too much on the cost of capital and we don't focus on the terms. It sounds really wonderful sometimes when we might get offered a 12% loan for one year, but we still got to pay the principal back within one year. Maybe we're better off from a cash flow standpoint to pay 14% interest per year, but have two or three years to pay it off. And you can understand, you know, cash flow is king in small business. That is what we all survive on. What's the old saying? Cash is king. Cash is king. Cash is king. So this is really important. My reason for bringing all this up is it's this holistic approach. And this is how we approach each client and each client relationship. So please take the opportunity to reach out to us for a customized discussion about your need and what options you might have available. You can do that by calling us toll-free at 844-249-3621, or you can visit our website, www.bizdoccapital.com. Look forward to having that conversation. But more importantly, I look forward to talking with you next week at this same time as we continue our show moving forward, helping small businesses find the rented and printed capital and the right blend of that rented and printed capital for their business. Thank you. Talk soon. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune into Small Business Capital America with host Michael Schumacher every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Best wishes, and we'll talk again next week.